0: Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, you're
1: listening to Great Women in Compliance on the Compliance Podcast Network. I'm Lisa Fine, and today I'm really excited to have Stephanie Davis, the Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer for Volkswagen Group of North America, here with us today. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for your time. Hi, how today. are you? Thank, thank you, thank you so, much. so much for having me. Yeah. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about your background
0: and how you ended up at Volkswagen? Sure, I'd love to. My name is Stephanie Davis. I have a law degree from the University of Miami in Florida. And Decided I didn't really want to practice law in a law firm. So after law school, I went to an energy regulator and was one of the first compliance specialists that they hired at that energy regulator and then started working in different energy companies, kind of running compliance departments in some energy companies and then got recruited by KPMG. I was a director in their forensic investigations practice and I was brought in to work on the TDI case. With for Volkswagen Group of America when I was at KPMG, and I kind of helped with some fraud investigation stuff and got to know a bunch of the really fantastic people here at Volkswagen Group of America and some of our German colleagues as well. And they started looking for a chief compliance officer and called me and asked me if I wanted the job. And I was incredibly thrilled it was something I'd always wanted to do, it was way earlier than I had thought it would happen. And when they called me, do you want to come work in our legal team you know i'm on the partner track at kpmg i'm really happy here but i gotta tell you you really need a chief compliance officer you've never had one before you really need one if you ever get interested you know if i was 10 years older i'd be thrilled to do that job and apparently they didn't care about the 10 years older thing so they brought me in to serve on the executive team and within about a year we kind of expanded my role to include you know the ethical integrity piece of compliance which i think go really hand in hand. And it's really a dream. I jump out of bed every morning to come to work. And it's obviously right now, it's kind of all encompassing. And we're really we have a lot going on. But it's the job of a lifetime. It's such a thrill to be here.
1: Well, one of the things I also thought was interesting, I know you talked a little bit about this at a Wall Street Journal article was that one of the things you did bring coming from KPMG and not from a law firm, or, you know, or from, you know, coming within the business is an academic and consulting view. Yeah. How did you find that impacted the start in
0: your career there and what you're doing now? Well, I think it was really, really important to, well, I think from the academic side, it really gives you a lot of credibility. I work for a German company and German companies really love academics. This is a country that prides itself on really, really, really amazing education. And so that kind of gave me a little bit of street cred with my colleagues in Germany. But here in the U.S., I found that my consulting background was really helpful because I really do approach problems more collaboratively than others, maybe. And so from a compliance perspective, I'm not, you know, when I'm working with the businesses, I may say, no, you can't do that from a compliance or regulatory perspective. And legal will say, no, you definitely can't do that. But I'll say, but here's what we can do. So my experience in consulting was really one of trying to, you know, bridge the gaps and create synergies and really help people come together and fix problems, which is really kind of how I see our role as compliance officers is, yes, to make sure people are following what we ask them to follow and laws and regulations, but we also have to make sure, you know, it's a business. And so part of my experience in the consulting world, I understand how businesses run, so I'm not coming from some ivory tower If not understanding that we still have to make a profit. We still have to you know, sell cars. And how do we do it in the most ethical and integral way, as we say in Germany, although <laughs> integral is not actually a word. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. Although, actually, I've decided integral should be a word because how do you be someone be integral, someone with integrity? Anyway. <laughs> no, I think, you're, I think you're right. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, I think it should all- be a word
1: that's one of the takeaways from today. We have a word. We have a new word. And I think it's amazing, too, that, you know, to be able to come in with that knowledge, because whether you're started in the business is a little different. And I had that experience. But to be able to come and really speak as a consultant, because many companies rely on consultants when they're dealing with different critical issues. But to be able to say, I've done that, and now I'm an ethics and compliance person, it's probably a really valuable way to talk and speak with people.
0: Right. And I was also always an, an ethics and compliance person when I was at KPMG. I mean, I was helping companies stand up compliance organizations and work on internal audits. And I'm married to a partner in a consulting firm. So he has been really helpful for me in kind of bouncing ideas off of it at a higher level of how should we handle this. So I I kind of, he's my secret weapon for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things is talking about both being a woman in compliance and also being a woman in compliance with a company that has a headquarters in Europe, yeah. And in Germany. Yeah. Those are two different topics, but I think both yes. may go hand in hand, but are both two interesting yeah. things to hear from you about. So I think
0: whichever one you'd like to start with, if sure. we could just cover both. Sure. I think it's interesting. I work for a male-dominated industry, right? The automotive industry is has historically been very male-dominated and it's changing just like the rest of the automotive industry is changing as well with mobility and autonomous driving and, you know, electric vehicles, which we're really going going all in on. But I think that being a woman isn't as much of the issue as just coming with a different perspective. So because I have not spent my entire career working at Volkswagen, which is much more common for our German colleagues, but even in the U.S., I mean, the average person in the U.S. right now, I think I've been reading, like, has five or six jobs over their lifetime. I think Volkswagen Group of America, we have many, many people who have been here for 15, 20, 30 years. They do their whole careers here. And in Germany, I mean, we have fathers and sons and grandfathers who are all still working at the factory. So it's very much a company that people, you know, they treat their employees really well. It's a company that people stay at. And so coming in from the outside, I bring a different perspective. I also have to, you know, happen to bring in the perspective of being a woman. And one of the things that I learned pretty quickly as the you know, only female on the executive management team here at Volkswagen Group of America, is that if you think of yourself as the only woman in the room, which I fell down that path for a little bit when I first started. And it was every new executive gets an executive coach or has the ability to get an executive coach here. And so I had one and I kept bringing to her, I was like, oh, I'm always the only woman. Every time I open my mouth, they're thinking I'm such a girl or whatever. And she said, this is starting to be a problem for you. You know, you can't let this be an issue. And I went home to my secret weapon and I was talking to him about it. And he said, if you don't get over being the only person of X in a room, that's all you're ever going to be. And while it was thinking back, maybe kind of harsh, I needed to hear that. I needed to be given permission to not focus on the fact that I was the only woman in the room because I have value. I am here for a reason. No one else is questioning whether I should be in the room and no one in the room is thinking, let's blow her off because she's a woman. So that took me some time to be completely honest. I think that's something that, and I don't know if it's woman, if it's young woman, or if it's just me, but I will say that I had to give myself permission to get away from the fact that, you know, to stop focusing on the woman thing and just do my job. And I mean, that's been my, especially here in the U.S., I truly don't think anyone in the room is thinking every time I open my mouth that let's ignore her because she happens to be a woman. So I had to learn that for myself because it is my first experience being on the senior executive leadership team. I reported to CEOs before, but, you know, nothing to this level and it can drown you. And that doesn't mean, you know, women and men, it can drown you. It's very difficult, but I personally have found that if I stop focusing on that, I'm much more successful. Yeah, And it's interesting because I think that
1: also that people in the room are often focusing on themselves as the only absolutely ex. Like you, yes. think, yeah, you think you're the absolutely. only the woman. Someone else may think right. I'm the only American
0: or, I, right. the only or I'm the only only bald guy or I'm the only person with sticking out ears. I mean, everyone has something and you get in these room with these titans and they're just people, right? And you start getting a little bit more comfortable in the room because, you know, and I think in Germany, Volkswagen's the fifth largest company in the world. Which isn't something that is well known here in the United States because we're, you know, a niche brand here in the United States, even though we have, you know, Volkswagen and Audi and Bugatti and Bentley and Lamborghini. It's a smaller car company here in the United States. In Germany, it's a way of life for people. And so for me, in Germany, it's not the fact that I'm a woman, it's that I'm American. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. And, you know, I was wondering how that's the other part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do they schedule meetings every year, inevitably, on Thanksgiving and July 4th and and Martin Luther King Day? Yes, they do. (laughs) And it took me about six months to start saying I'm not traveling on Thanksgiving to come to this meeting. Um, You know, we think about what this looks like. But I will say that on all of this otherness, because we can check a couple boxes, But I'm also, you know, I'm not a minority. I'm very highly aware that I look like the Germans that I work with. and But the fact that I don't speak like them, that I don't speak the language is absolutely not great. (laughs) But I've kind of leaned into that, to be completely honest. I have found that it's too much stress to be anybody but who I am. And so I've kind of made that work for me. So far, it's working out, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, it's interesting because when you said that, as you've been speaking, I was thinking about when I first heard you speak and as I've gotten to know you, I think it's, you know, you really embrace who you are and taking Mm -hmm. your job seriously. And it really, I think, is also refreshing and helpful. I I mean, I've seen that in different rooms. If you are who you are, people tend to respond to genuine very much. Mm -hmm. At least Mm -hmm. I think that. And on the other hand, I think that, what you're talking about now for women starting their careers or other things. I know that's something you're really passionate about, but I also think that the way you're speaking right now, I think it's probably really helpful to a lot of women trying to figure out how do I speak in the room at all levels of my career, Mm -hmm. whether it's in Mm -hmm. an investigation of someone senior to them in an ethics Mm -hmm. and compliance standpoint or explaining a Mm -hmm. code. But I think Mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit about your interest in that and also your ability to be
0: yourself as you do it. Absolutely. You know, I have three younger sisters And two of them are you know, seven and nine years younger than me, so quite a bit younger. And so I have never had that, and we're very, very, very close and I am so, so blessed. So I've never been one of those women who thought there was only one seat for women. And so I'm gonna have to be horrible to other women, which is a trope, but I think it's a trope for a reason. And what I'm seeing in the younger generations and what I'm seeing much more now, and especially in the compliance community, which I have found to be incredibly supportive, of me personally and what we're trying to do here at Volkswagen, to be completely honest. I mean, we lied, we cheated, we, you know, lied to the regulators and we have to admit that and move forward. And if I'm sitting on a panel, for example, and I don't say in the very beginning, look, I'm here because we made this major, major, we screwed up and I'm here to try to you know help be part of the cleanup crew. I'm very, very passionate about that. But I also, you know, I'm very open about the fact that this is not going to be easy and it's not going to be easy for me personally. And that the decisions I've made in my life have worked for me. And I support every woman and every man, you know, however they want to do their job, their career, their life. I believe that there is a way to do that. And I think compliance, especially, is is an industry that kind of supports sort of alternative ways around a career, for example. And so If I wasn't honest about the struggle that this is, for example, I do not have children. I could not do the job that I do the way that I choose to do it if I had children because of how I would want to have children. That is my personal choice. And it's something that is obviously for me personally, but I fully support people taking other routes. And I also don't think everybody wants the job that I have. In fact, I have At least one woman who works for me who has said, I don't want to be you. (laughs) I want to work for you. And so, you know, not everybody wants, you know, the big job, right? Not everybody wants, and, and a lot of people are scared of speaking in public. But for me, I had a friend here that I think this is so important. I had a friend say to me, Steph, and he's a very good friend, incredibly supportive. So it was coming from a place of love. I have to say that first. He said, you do a lot of these conferences and talks for women's groups. He's like, "What do you think about that?" And I said, "I do it so that one day we don't have to do it anymore. My goal is that I think that these, you know, women's conferences and these groups of the game, even great women in compliance maybe a little kind of grew out of this world of the golf games that we saw our fathers or our some of our growing up, you know, all the work is done on the golf course and women weren't really as around as we would like them to be. And I think so we have kind of, I don't want to say we've closed ranks, but we have decided to build our own golf courses. And I think that's incredibly important, but I also very much hope that we don't have to do it forever because I believe that we all bring something to organizations. I have a lot of people who work for me And the only people who have children who work for me are men, happen to be men. It's just something that's happened. And both of them, you know, work from home sometimes when the kids are sick and or, you know, they have their son at 430, so they have to leave at four. And so I have this really interesting experience of being a female executive who does not have children, who has, you know, all these. men who have kids and asking for alternative work environments i think as we the newer generations are saying you know number one parenthood is not a one person thing right and number two like let's figure out what we're passionate about and build our lives from there so i happen to be incredibly passionate about work i happen to believe that the way that i have my life i for example you know, outsource a lot (laughs) because I can because that's important. That's what I decide to do, but it doesn't work for everyone. And I think that we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves that we have to fit one bucket or one, you know, by 35, I have to be a partner in a law firm or by 40 I have to have X amount of dollars in the bank. I think that we need to be a little bit easier on ourselves because I think that we have created a world that can be really, really hard sometimes. And so I am not the stereotypical compliance officer from 50 years ago walking around with a big stick. Right, I am different, and I have embraced that, and it's worked pretty well for me
1: so far. No, I think, and the thing I think is really interesting about that too is when you look at probably your team or the people you work with. You do need people who either live differently, think differently, have a different approach to the work, you know, because someone can be passionate about it in a very different way than you and still do a great job and be a critically important member of a team. And I think, and that's men and women, but I think the more women see that, the more it helps Mm -hmm. in having a good workforce.
0: Yes. And it's interesting. I have a really diverse group of people that are on my team. I have an accountant, I have someone who used to do admin work. I have a risk guy and one's a former military. And so we've built this really interesting team. And compliance, I think, is much more about the philosophies behind it and how we're going to handle discipline or whistleblower systems. And I work, I mean, I think they're the best team I've, they're for sure the best team I've ever worked with. I'd put them up against anyone, but on paper, none of them have 10 years experience in compliance other than me. And it's incredibly thrilling to watch. We have built also an incredibly diverse team, which I think also matters. The fact that I am a female doing the hiring, I think I've hired a different kind of group than a lot of other parts of my organization, but that will start changing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now,
1: before we go, because I know I have to let you get back to some other things today, but, um, yeah. I just wanted to, first of all, just congratulate you on being shortlisted for the Women in Compliance Awards. I mean, we've talked about a number of things and you really are a leader in, in the field as a whole. And with women, I just wanted to congratulate you, see if there's anything else, you know, you would like to mention
0: before we go and. Oh, I guess maybe stereotypically like the Oscars, this is just a thrill to be nominated. The women, especially in the category that I've been nominated for, and actually all of the categories, are mentors of mine, great friends that I'm thrilled to be there to support one of them winning. They are giants in the field. And the fact that I was nominated in the same breath is the thrill of my career, for sure. So I will be in London cheering them on. Because I'm just thrilled to be there. And I'm so excited that things like this, you know, exist to really celebrate these great strides that we've made, and that and really the idea that we can all come together for a night and really celebrate achievements of this wonderful community is really exciting. And I'm thrilled to be there. I'm thrilled to be in London. I'm thrilled to speak at the conference. And so I hope to see many of your listeners there, Lisa. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for taking
1: the time or and, We really appreciate it. This is, again, the Compliance Podcast Network, and thank you very much. Have a good one. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.